Yo, another live stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the live stream. All right, it's Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. Good to see you. Hope you're all piling in. Um, sorry, I'm starting just a couple minutes late, but I. it seems like there's an issue with chat when you do these live events. It looks like they, um, you have to replug in the chat window address each time on a live event. And I didn't know that. So I was trying to start and couldn't figure it out, but I figured it out. So here we are. All right. Hopefully some folks will come in and we'll have a good discussion. I have something fun tonight planned. Um, we're going to do a little contest. Daryl, hello. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> hi, poopy butt. How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> um, so we're going to have some fun today. I'm going to do a, a little contest and I'll give away a t-shirt. So that should that should be fun. Anyway, hey, Daryl. Hey, Michael. Glad you are here. Hope everyone had a good week. It's about to let loose here. We're going to have a big old storm coming down. So I think we're probably going to be without technical difficulties today. <laughs> what are the odds, though? <laughs> we should bet on that. Hangar, welcome. Glad you made it. Welcome, welcome. How are you? And how are the fish doing? Just curious how they're doing, Hangar. All right, well, so what I'm going to do in a little bit is I'm going to report to you guys on how many fish I've sent out. Um, oh, it's been buffering on you, Bob? All right, well, glad you made it. I'm going to report on how many fish I've uh, sent out and how many of those arrived alive and in good shape. And so kind of give you guys a, a firsthand look at uh, the success rate of shipping. So you get an idea of what that's like. If you're planning on shipping, I wish when I had started, someone had like, you know, walked me through it. So I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to make fishing, uh, fishing ship, <laughs> shipping fish, uh, easier or get the knowledge out there so we can have better success. So yeah, that's, that's the mission. Michael, you're going to have all the technical difficulties. Well, that's the goal, right? <laughs> goal or not, that's what happens. Um, HC, hey, welcome HC. Glad you made it. Thanks for the unboxing video, by the way, HC. I'm, whenever anyone does an unboxing, I'm like, oh man, I hope this turns out good. I hope all the fish are good. I hope they're good. I hope they're good. <laughs> They were, so it's all right. Wait, you can't spell? Oh, yes, yes. Wasn't, Michael says, wow, I can't spell. Yeah, wasn't Dank giving you a hard time about that last week, Michael? <laughs> G Cunningham, just discovered your channel, love the content. Well, welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you're here, G. Hangar, retro guppies are very active. Roseline barbs are doing good too. Awesome. So, I did this video a while ago where I showed the fish room tour. Geez, it must have been a couple months ago, huh, Hangar? And I had these little hitchhiker guppies that looked just like the guppies that uh, we had as kids, you know, before all the fancy strains came out. And Hangar was like, hey, I, I love those. And so I put them all in a tank and got them out to them. So I'm glad they're doing well. Glad they're doing good. So in a bit here, we're going to do a contest and basically... I'm going to let everyone know how many fish I shipped and I'm going to have you guess out of all the ones I've shipped in the last few weeks, how many have arrived in good shape 
and the person, the first person to guess that number, I'll ship them a free t-shirt. So we're not going to start yet. I'll do that in a little bit, but little t-shirt contest, dry t-shirt contest here. So here's the t-shirt. Let me show you. Here's the new Dan's Fish t-shirt. Ta-da! Um, it also comes in white, but I don't know. I wear black all the time, so I got a black one. So we'll be giving one of these away today on the live stream. Should be fun. All right. HC, what do you guys feed those white chick gobies? Haven't seen the meat yet. Um, so those guys eat frozen or live. I've never got them to eat pellets and I've never got them to eat dry food. So frozen brine shrimp they'll eat. They'll eat frozen bloodworms. They love frozen mysis shrimp. You might need to, depending on the source of the mysis shrimp, I use PE mysis, but you might need to cut them up a little bit. Um, they like black worms, any live food that sinks, um, amphipods, things like that. But yeah, you're right. Flake and pellets. I've never seen him eat flake or pellets. Yeah. All right. So yeah, definitely get some frozen food in there. And uh, if you can get some black worms, if they're getting a little skinny on you, get some black worms and feed them a few days of that and they'll plump right up. But the goal is to get them onto brine shrimp and blood worms uh, so you don't have to keep feeding black worms all the time. Michael, we'll got to run. Just want to say hi and give you a hard time. Have a good night. All right. Thanks for coming by, Michael. Appreciate it. G. Cunningham, can't wait to see the new Killies that you're bringing in. Me neither. I, uh, I am excited about them. And we're getting really close. I've got uh, some clown barbs to clear out. And I've got some rainbows I've got to sell because... It's hard to mix small little killies with, you know, big boisterous clown barbs and big, you know, <laughs> rainbow fish. But once those are down to a manageable level, should be pretty soon now. Then I'll pull the trigger on that order. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. Courts. Hey, everyone from the UK. It's 2 a.m. I got the hill. I got to hit the sack, but love your channel, Dan. Sorry, I can't get to see your live streams. Hey, 2 a.m. I'd hit the sack, too. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. Glad you're around. Have a good sleep. All right. Anybody know a good lullaby we could do for courts? No, me neither. Oh, well. <laughs> so let's, um, let's, oh, before I start the contest. Yeah, the t-shirts are awesome. Yep. They came out okay. I, what I like about them is it's pretty simple, but I think it still looks good. Like it's simple and it's not ostentatious or anything, but I don't know. I like it. It's clean, clean and sleek, I guess. Just like my head. Um, so I guess we'll, before I start the contest, I wanted to ask if anyone's had any fish spawn in the last couple of weeks or if anyone has, um, any updates on their projects. Uh, I know that Cory Boy had some peacock gudgeons spawn, and I'm curious how those are going. I think they hatched, and just curious how that process is. Um, and I had some more beta rubra, the male spit, just today. A couple weeks ago, I noticed the female was uh, really, really full of eggs, and it had been oh, a month or two since they had spawned, so I put them together, and voila! A couple weeks later, he spit a nice batch of fries, so... 
I've got a bunch of juveniles of those coming up that I'm going to put in a, a tank here pretty soon. Uh, I'll probably put them in a 30, put some driftwood in there, some java moss, you know, kind of give them a more natural habitat to finish growing up a bit in, and then I'll have a nice community of those. So I'm looking forward to that. I like the better rubra a lot. They're a cool fish. Um, HC says, I'd wear that. Well, if we have an endorsement from HC Aqua, then we're in the big time. All right. HC likes it. We know it's good looking. <laughs> Priscilla, welcome. Glad you're here, Priscilla. Welcome, welcome. Hangar 77. The retro guppies had some fry. I'm not surprised. I was like, I was hoping they wouldn't drop in the bag. I was like, just don't drop in the bag. Don't drop in the bag. By the way, um, for anyone watching... There's been a couple unboxings lately from some of my fish. One of them was tequila sunrise guppies. And uh, one of the comments was, it doesn't look like they're going to be, that they have any fry in them right now. And the reason for that is I purposely ship females when I can that aren't full of fry. Because if you do ship females and they have a bunch of fry in them, then the odds are they're going to drop them in the bag. And if they drop them in the bag prematurely like that, they'll all die in the bag. And then not only are the fry lost, but then you get a bunch of ammonia going. It's just like if a fish, you know, defecates in a bag, same, same result. So, so that's why if you get guppies from me, anytime I can, I pick a female that has given birth in the last week or week and a half so that she's not gravid and isn't going to be giving birth in the shipping container. So that's, that's why none of them look like they have babies because, because they won't, not for probably 20, 28 more days. Yeah. So anyway, just, just to put that out there, Priscilla, I was going to order a few fish last Friday and then I saw shipping is $20. So I figured I'd wait a bit and then order more at once. Cool. All right. Well, there's no pressure, Priscilla. I mean, if you want to order when you're ready, go ahead. If not, totally cool. No pressure at all. Christian. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you're here, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think I need to get some quarries as well, says Priscilla. Of course you do. <laughs> Bob Kaler, the other Bob. <laughs> Gold Severums are fanning a few hundred eggs. Oh, that's great. Spawn on the side of their 40 breeder this time. Isn't that funny about cichlids? Like you, you provide, you know, a piece of slate. You provide all these great spots for them. They, they're like, no, nah, we're going to spawn on the glass or the worst. Now nah, we're going to spawn on the heater. That'll be good. <laughs> hard-boiled fish eggs. But Bob, that's awesome. Gold Severums are fantastic. In fact, man, a big batch of Severums, that's a pretty tank. Those are gorgeous fish. Bobby's Tropical Fish. Yes, one of my high-dollar guppies gave birth, and she... There we are. And she... Bobby, it cut off your comment, so I'd love to hear what you were saying about uh, one of your puppies, <laughs> puppies, <laughs> puppies, one of your guppies giving birth. Um, Priscilla, not sure which quarries I want. I got skunk, green ones, and peppered quarries. Well, if you haven't tried the elegans, that's a species I have that you don't usually see. They're, for quarries, they're kind of one of the prettier ones, I think. They don't get very big. Two inches would be a big one. And they're just a fun fish. So they're not a pygmy quarry, but they're, they're a little different. And they're just not one that's out there all the time. And I love them. They're doing great. So that's the one I'd suggest. But there's several others. Um, I sent, 
a box of Molini this week, Corridor's Molini. They all arrived just fine. So um, the Aeneas have arrived in great shape. The Elegans are doing good in shipping. So any of those would be, would be great. Priscilla Art died. Oh, I guess she's asking Bobby what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what what that D means, Priscilla, <laughs> that Bobby wrote there. HC Aqua, I really want some Adolfi, don't we all? Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're just so pretty. Any of those with the stark patterns that are kind of white and then have the big black blotches on them or black with white blotches, yeah, they're pretty cool. Well, I hope you can find some HC. I hope you can find them and I hope they do well. I can find tons of quarries. There's there's a lot of suppliers of them. The issue is a lot of them are super expensive. Like at my cost, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to sell those. Cause if one of those died in shipping, it would be a catastrophe just cause not that the dollars equates value of life. I'm not saying that, but just from a, a standpoint of a customer receiving a dead quarry, that's, you know, super expensive. Yeah. I don't want that experience. So I don't get them. My skunks look like, Aeneas, hmm, you have on your site. Guess mine aren't skunks. Huh. No, no idea. <laughs> I mean, the skunks will have a very definite stripe across. So it's when you see them and it says skunk, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's pretty clear. So if yours don't, haven't developed that stripe, then they probably aren't skunks unless you just got them. No, even if you just got them, you're going to see a stripe on the on the skunks. It's pretty, it's pretty clear. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to start a contest here. So this is what I'd like to do. So I want to report to you guys. I talk about shipping fish a lot. I tell you all the time I had a busy week. It was so busy <laughs> shipping all these fish, you know, and all that. Um, but I want to kind of report in and then wrap a contest around it. So the prize for this contest is one of these Dan's Fish t-shirts that I will send you. You have your choice of white with a black logo or black with a white and black logo like this. And so here's what we're going to do. So basically, I want to go over the report and tell you how many fish I shipped over the last few weeks and talk about that a little bit. And then I'm going to have you guys guess out of those how many arrived in good shape. So basically I'm reporting on how many I, I shipped and then what the success rate was is what we're going for here. So here's the numbers. So over the last few weeks, shipped out 787 fish. That's why it's been busy, 787 fish, which isn't a lot for a lot of facilities, but when it's just you down in the basement by yourself and when you individually bag the majority of your fish, that's a lot of bagging. <laughs> that's a lot of shipping. So now there's larger, um, you know, uh, businesses that ship a lot more than that all the time, but they don't individually bag them usually. And they have a team working and all that. So for just lonesome old me and my wife, my wife helps too on the really busy days. That's a lot of fish to send out. So the question is this, out of the 787 I sent, how many arrived in good shape? Meaning they weren't like gasping, they weren't deceased, they weren't like, you know, they made it. A day later, two days later, they were still there and they were in good shape. So that's the question. So the first person 
to guess it right will get a free t-shirt. So we'll see how that goes. Um, let me remind myself what it is. Okay, cool. So, oh man, I, I wish it was 787. <laughs> it's, it's not that high. It's not that high. <laughs> so, yeah, who, we'll do it this way so it doesn't just, just ring out uh, all the time. So it's, all right, so it's between HC Aqua's guess and, um, and Rigatoni's guess. Oh, Priscilla, you are... Priscilla is pretty close. Priscilla is pretty close. Right around there. All right, we're getting close. Lumpy Dog, we're doing a contest um, to guess how many of the fish I sent out made it in good shape. I shipped out 787. So the question is, of the 787 I shipped out, how many arrived in good shape and, and made it through the first few days? So there it is. Priscilla got it. It's 765. So that is a percentage. So congrats, Priscilla. 765 of the 787 made it. And, you know, we're, we're doing fine uh, once they were released and all that. Now, if someone didn't report to me a loss, then obviously I don't know about it. But, oh, so close. So close, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> so close. All right. Yep. Priscilla got it. And in case, in case you don't, yeah. Um, so the percentage of success then is 97.2%. So that's how it's been. Now being that, so that's 22 losses, which is more than I want, but still 97.2%, not too shabby. Um, so for every hundred fish I send you, you might lose two to three, basically is what the statistics are saying. Statistics eh, are saying. Now, that being said, I've been having a ton of problems with the flag fish. And I don't know why. I shipped in order. None of them made it. A couple weeks later, I adjusted some things, tried another order to someone else. None of them made it. This week, I adjusted some things and sent an order. Half of them made it. So I basically decided I'm not shipping the flagfish anymore. So of, of the 22 that were lost, 14 of those were flagfish. So they've been a big problem. And I still don't know why. My suspicion is that because I have soft acidic water here, that when I keep them in the tanks, they do fine because I keep the tanks super clean. I feed them well and all that. But I feel like maybe when they're packed in the bag and they go through that stress, they just don't do well because they're already kind of on the edge of the parameters that they can exist in in my fish room. And so when they go through the stress of shipping, I think they just don't work. So I stopped shipping those. I'm going to sell those locally only. And if I can't sell them, I've got a friend that's got, you know, a big greenhouse and has some ponds and stuff. Not like natural ponds where the fish will get out and populate like a creek or something like that, but, um, you know, places that would be safe. So I just give them to him if I can't sell them. But if I, if I cut out, let's see, what, what is the math on that? If I cut out those 14, then, um, the math on that gets a lot better Then it's 99%. So if it weren't for those flag fish, 
that have been a problem. I'd have a 99% shipping success rate. Again, you want 100, but I do my best. And so I just want to put that out there for anyone thinking um, of doing this. There is risk involved. But I have to tell you, if you um, order a whole bunch of fish from, say, a wholesale or something like that, 99% success is pretty much unheard of. So I'm pretty happy with that. I just wish it was 100. <laughs> All right. HC, yeah, Dan's packing is awesome. A plus. Thanks, HC. Thank you. Priscilla, I never won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. <laughs> Priscilla has now won. So Priscilla, what I'll need you to do is email me your shipping address and then I can get on Teespring and uh, get a t-shirt sent to you. Also, let me know what size you want and let me know if you want a black one or a white one. So email me black or white the size and the address to ship them to. And I'll ship, I'll ship you a t-shirt. Christian ripped the 22 fishes. Yes. Yeah. And it's really sad. It's, ah, it's really sad. Lumpy dog, still great deals at dancefish.com. Yes, there are. And thank you, lumpy dog. I appreciate it. Welcome to the house. <laughs> so anyway, even with all that super careful, careful, careful packaging, and 25 years of experience shipping fish, I ran into those flag fish and they jacked up my percentage. And, uh, but that's still, that's, that's as good as I can do. So just for those that are thinking of shipping fish, realize that for those that are thinking of buying fish, realize that it's just a reality, but 97 or 98% right in there. I'll, I'll take it. Um, Priscilla, Metacoris, Metacoris. Once I met mine, look a bit labeled a skunk at the store. Oh, it could be. Um, Mete Cori's do look a little bit like a skunk Cori. Um, there's, in fact, there's a whole group of Cori's that are called skunk Cori's just because they look kind of like skunks, but there's different species of them. <clears throat> so Mete is one of those that's a little reminiscent of a skunk. Hangar 77, excellent packaging, Dan. I was impressed with mine. What was the longest shipping time? Oh, man. I have a nightmare story. So the longest shipping time was well over a week. It was a week and a half. It might have even been 14 days. So I'm going to say probably about 12 days was the longest shipping time. Now, that hasn't happened for a couple years. But there was a package I sent at one time, got lost in the mail, and... Uh, I was sure they were goners, but they arrived and they were all alive. And that was a huge relief. Now, those were killifish. I don't remember the species, but those were killifish. So those would have been individually bagged. Killifish are pretty hardy, so they made it. But that usually doesn't happen. In the last couple years, the worst delay I've had is probably a, a three-day delay. So total time in the bag, maybe seven days. Um, in the last year or so, the biggest delay I've had is like, I shipped on a Monday and they arrived on a Saturday. And that happened recently. That happened in this year. That happened twice. One week I sent out some packages and two of them for some reason got delayed tremendously. And they were sent express too, because this was in the winter time. So I remember we were pretty nervous, but they all, they all made it. So Yep. So, I mean, you just have to pack well because you never know what's going to happen. So, let me dog. Don't forget to look 
at Dan's Facebook. Thanks, Lumpy Dog. I hope you remember to clock in, Lumpy Dog. <laughs> Working hard. Priscilla, sheesh, ask HC Aqua about the shipping horror to me. Oh no, what happened? Oh no. Oh, that's too bad. There was a big delay, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun when that happens. Luckily, everything's gone pretty well for me. The ner most nerve-wracking one for me was when I was shipping discus. When those got delayed, that was nerve-wracking. And the most one of those got delayed was like two days. And, and most of those still made it. There were a couple losses on one of those orders. In order of like 20, a couple losses when they got delayed a couple days. But that was a winter shipment. And once you're past three days, your heat pack's pretty much worn out. So you're just at the mercy of wherever the post office puts them. So... Yeah, that was nerve-wracking. Priscilla, they delivered the package to the wrong address. Oh, and it sat two days in the neighbor's mailbox in the low 90s. Oh, man. But it was only scuds. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I guess, the plus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stuff gets... Now, we have a pretty good postal system. When you look at other countries, when I was in Argentina, I was lucky to get the package... And if I did get the package, I was lucky to get it. You never knew when you were going to get it. It could have been a week, could have been three months. I remember once my mom sent me something and she sent it and she was like, did you get it? And I was like, no, no, nope." And then we gave up. And then months later it arrived. She like sent me some homemade cookies. And when I got them, they were just like so stale and so tough. It was bad. So anyway, there is a mix up every now and then, but. In general, we have a pretty good uh, system here. Although we can still complain, and people do still complain, and I get it. But working, installing some new lights. Yep, that's what live streams are for, man. It's while you're working in the fish room. They, they take up the time. Priscilla, I'm sure it would have sat in the post office until it, been f it would have been fine, but not in the mailbox. Oh, yeah, I mean, in the temperature up in the 90s. And then in the mailbox with the sun beating on it, that's just like a greenhouse effect. That's like your car out in the sunny parking lot, right? So, yeah. Well, I guess the light doesn't get in, but the heat gets in and stays in. I've got a black mailbox, so. <laughs> so that could really happen. All right. So we've hit the bottom of chat. So I'm going to ask, does anyone have any questions that they want answered? Any comments? Anyone have any breeding uh, projects coming up or anything that... They're doing in the fish room that's exciting. Besides Bob hanging lights, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the stuff that gets us excited in the fish hobby, right? <laughs> so if anyone has any uh, comments or questions or anything like that, now's the time. If, uh, if no one does, then we'll start thinking about shutting it down in a little bit. But it's only been about half an hour, so we can go another half hour or so as long as people have stuff to talk about. Um, Kristen, rose lines are schooling pretty well. Is this typical? Yeah, I think rose lines are what I would call a shoaling fish. So they don't, they do school around. They don't necessarily form a really tight, tight school though. When I think of a schooling fish, there's like almost no room between the fish, right? They're packed together and they're moving as one organism. Um, the rose lines don't do that. They kind of more shoal, which is a, more of a loose pack. And they'll kind of 
in general go together, but they'll split off occasionally and do their own thing. Um, and then occasionally come back together, but it isn't like a tight one organism moving around in concert like that. So if they're schooling really, really tightly, they're probably not real comfortable with the tank. So if they're new or if they, um, or just startled or something like that, sometimes they'll school up tighter. I mean, as soon as the net goes in the water, well, with rose lines, there's a trick. So they think they're gonna get fed. So you've got like two scoops to get the rose lines. And then after that, they realize they're not getting fed. And the next time the net goes in the water, it's like, boom, they're, they're a school and they're off. <laughs> they're hard to catch. So I would say, Kristen, uh, if they're, if they're new or if they're uh, startled or there's been a new fish put in or something, then that's pretty typical. If they've been in for a couple of weeks and they're still just like a tight clump, especially if that tight clump doesn't move around much, then, uh, then we might need to think about something in the environment, uh, lowering light levels or something to help, help them feel more comfortable. But if they're moving around and stuff, they're probably fine. Priscilla, neighbor is fired. They should have just brought it over. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess, right? I mean, how hard is that? We do that all the time in my neighborhood. I mean, my neighbor gets stuff for me and I get stuff for them and we just take it over. It's no big deal. If only you could fire your neighbors, right? <laughs> HC says, true dat. Yep. Priscilla, you said you have soft water. What do you use to harden it? I use oregonite. I don't use anything to harden it, Priscilla. I'm on a, uh, I change 30% of my water every day. And so there's really no way with high volume water changes and frequent water changes like that to keep the water hard. So my rule, and it's been this way for a long time. When I first started, I did what everyone does. And I would read books and things like that because this was before the internet. Um, and or Tropical Fish Hobbyist Magazine or, or any of that stuff. And there would always be like the, the little pH and hardness things listed for that fish. So I would do that thing where I would go and try to make my water, which was really hard where I was living in California at the time. Um, and I try to make it soft, try to get the pH right and all that. And I ended up just having a real hard time. I killed a lot of fish trying to make their environment perfect. And what I learned eventually was that the thing to do is to not do that, is to just have stable parameters instead of perfect parameters. And the fish will do a lot better. So wherever I've been, if I've had hard water, I haven't been softening it. I've just kept the fish in there. And if they did well, then I would keep them. If they didn't spawn or if they didn't do well, then I would just wouldn't keep that fish anymore or spawn that fish anymore. And it's the same here. If they do well in my water, and everything I've tried so far does in the room, then I'll keep them and spawn them and stuff. But um, if they don't do well, then I just don't keep that species. So rather than try to alter my water, I just choose species that do well in it. Now, that being said, I've spawned hundreds and hundreds of flagfish in this room and they've done great and they're growing and they're beautiful, but I've run into this issue with shipping them. So flagfish are probably not a species I'll be continuing to breed because 
<laughs> what's the point, right? I can't distribute them because they don't ship well in my water, even though they're living in it and breeding in it and having great lives in it. The moment I try to ship them, I'm starting to run into problems. So there's things like that. But, it, you know, the guppies do well in it. The, the limias do well in it. Um, they ship well in it and all that. It's the only fish that's having the hard time is those flag fish. And it's only when I ship them. So again, I suspect they're already at the edge of what they can withstand here in the moment they get in a bag and the water changes to stop and stuff, they go down. So anyway, I don't harden. So I probably won't be keeping, you know, Tanganyikan cichlids or anything like that. Although I have kept um, Lamprichthys tanganyikanus here without any problem. Um, that's the Tanganyikan lamp eye. And I have had a couple hitchhiker cichlids they were haps from Lake Malawi. I never knew the species that came in with rainbows. So, <laughs> and, and came in with Haitian live bears too. So, um, and they've done fine, but never on purpose have I done that. Anyway, let me dog. Any approximate time frame for the large Killy import order to arrive? We're getting a lot closer, Lumpy. In fact, we're pretty darn close. I have to clear out some of the clown barbs to make enough space in there. And then I have to sell out or sell some more of the uh, rainbow fish so that I have enough space there. But those are the only uh, clown barbs and rainbow fish. As soon as I'm down on those numbers, then I'll be able to do that order. So my guess is one to two weeks to place it. And then it's a question of how long it takes the collector to get them, process them and ship them to me. So. My guess is that, my hope is that within a month, they'll have arrived. That's, that's my guess. I almost hesitate to say that though, because, because I don't know that for sure, but that's, that's what it's looking like. Yeah. Kristen, <clears throat> they're loose packs. Sounds okay. Yep. That sounds like a typical Roseline bar. Yep. Loose packs. V-Stag, hit the like button. Thanks, Vstag. Glad you are here. Welcome, welcome. Glad you made it. Um, so for everyone that missed it, we had a cool contest. Um, for those that weren't here, I reported on, I shipped out in the last few weeks, 787 fish. And we had a contest guessing how many of those made it in good shape. And the, the answer was 765. So my percentage rate is a little over 97%. Now, that being said, I didn't count all the extras I sent. And I send extras often. It, um, the only reason I don't send extras is if there isn't space in the box, A, um, then I won't just because I'm not going to put an extra and go up to the next level of box. B, I don't have enough of that fish to send extras. Or C, it's just a super rush day and I simply don't have time to do anything extra. But anytime that I have enough fish, I have the time and giving an extra won't uh overfill a box, I usually throw a couple in. So I've sent a ton of extras. I didn't include those. So I'm going to say it's a solid 98% success rate. That's probably closer to what it is. Anyway, VStag, it was a cool contest. Uh, Priscilla won a t-shirt from it. So she said she hasn't won before. So <laughs> it's because you're not a mod, Priscilla, right? That's why. All right, Patricia, hey, welcome, Patricia. Get, glad you are here. Viola, hey, welcome. Glad you made it. Glad you folks made it. All right, Priscilla, you breed the limias in soft water. Yep, 
breed them in soft, breed them in the water right here. And as of a couple days ago, it was like 6.5. Um, and the hardness is not, it doesn't even register. It's super soft. But yep, I breed them in there. I raise them in there and no deformities, no problems like that. I honestly think, now I could be wrong about this, but I'm not sure that fish absorb a lot of their minerals through the water they're living in. My hunch is that they get most of their minerals in calcium and, you know, vitamins and things like that from the food they eat rather than the environment they live in. So I feel like, um, you know, there is some concern about calcium deficiencies and things like that in hard water fish living in soft water. But I think that's probably a falsehood. The idea being that those fish would absorb calcium from the water they're in. I think they get it from the food they eat instead of from the water they're in. If, if anyone knows of a, a study that says differently, let me know. I'd love to read it. But from the things I've observed and things like that, I think the case is that they do fine. So the question isn't, are they going to have calcium deficiencies? Is their skeleton going to be deformed and things like that in soft water? The question is, can they adapt, adapt to the increased osmotic pressure? So if they're in soft water, there's more demand on their system to keep their osmotic pressure uh, where it needs to be than if they're in harder water. And that, in fact, is why we often use salt when we get new fish in or when a fish is stressed, because it's not so much that the salt like kills the disease or the bacteria or the cause of the stress, but it's that the, the salt takes away some of the burden of osmotic regulation. So, so that's the issue. Um, but I haven't had that issue with the limias at all. In fact, often you'll know you have that issue because the fish will kind of sit with fins a little clamped. It won't be active. And sometimes the fins will actually get uh, kind of, they'll look like little bubbles on the edges of them, just on the very margin edges, not across the whole thing. And that has to do with osmotic pressure regulation failure. So Priscilla, nope, they, they do great in the soft water. Now they'll do great in hard water too. It's, it's a lot easier to take a fish from soft water and move it to a hard water system than it is to take a fish from hard water and move it into a, a soft water system because of that osmotic pressure um, regulation function. Yeah. Priscilla, I put some limias in a 10 gallon with half eco-complete thin layer and they died on me. Started swimming like snakes and just dropped dead. Oh, that's too bad. Man. I wonder if that was an ammonia spike function or if if there were big fluctuations in, uh, in pH, if the EcoComplete was new. I don't know that much about EcoComplete. I don't do planted tanks, so I don't know that much about it. But man, that's, that's horrible, Priscilla. I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds, that sounds like a shock though, if, when they corkscrew. Is that what they were doing? Priscilla, pretty good rate for that many fish. Yeah, I think so. I think we're doing okay. Doug's Fish Adventure. Hello, Dan. Been a while. Yes, welcome. Glad you're here, Doug. Thanks for coming in. To Doug from Priscilla. The other Bob. Oh my gosh, forgot how pretty the Amazons are. Had an aqua neat light 
on their 30 breeder. Switch to a 36 <laughs> Fluval Echo. Happy fish, happy plants. Yep. Yep. I, I hear you. Good lighting goes a long way for sure. Amazon puffers. Yep. Cool, Bob. Yep. That's awesome. So you put a fluval on there and it's like a whole new world, huh? <laughs> a whole new world. Anyway, glad, glad that the colors are coming out. That sounds awesome. Priscilla. Um, exactly. I breed mystery snails in soft water, but I feed them homemade gel food with lots of calcium and magnesium. Their shells look great. Yep. Yeah. I've, I have like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of snails in here and they're, they're doing fine. Priscilla, the other Bob, the faces of the Amazon puffers. Puffers are cute. Has anyone seen JH lately? Asks the other Bob. His camera died and he was trying to get a new one prior to the South America trip. Oh no, I hope he's doing okay. He was here last live stream, um, but I haven't seen him since then. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know, Bob. Hopefully he's doing okay. Lumpy Dog, would you like to support the channel and get a great looking t-shirt? Order one official Dan's Fish t-shirt at teespring.com. Yep. They're, I think they're 21 bucks. And uh, dare I say, they are sexy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> they come in black and white. And Priscilla won one today, which is pretty cool. HC, the other Bob... I saw time today. I think he's saying it. he saw uh, HC Aqua today. So that's great. Or JH, not HC. JH. JH is going to buy shish, Shishimi Whiskey's old camera. JH, you can't cop out like that. You can't go H with uh, S Whiskey's. It's not S Whiskey's. Shishimi Whiskey's. You can do it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> It was so funny when um, <laughs> back in the day when Corey was meeting Jimmy and was thinking about hiring him and just hired him and all that. Listening to Corey try to say his name was hilarious. But where it got really funny was listening to Bob Steenfot try to say Shishimi whiskey. That was hilarious. <laughs> Priscilla. Nope. Tested the water. It was steady. At 7.4, no ammonia or nitrates. Wow. Below nitrate, nitrites, below nitrates. No, they didn't swim corkscrew. Kind of like, swim like the shimmies. Huh. So it wasn't an ammonia spike. Interesting. Now, so Priscilla, the, um, with the Limia perugiae, I've never had this with the younger fish that I've raised here, but the original breeding group I got those were wild fish. So those are coming from Haiti and the DR. And they're coming, there's a wide variety of environments they come from. Some are like really salty water, some are hard water, and some are a little softer. But these are probably from harder water. And so every now and then, I'll notice one of those will get stressed and look like it's doing the shimmies. And what I do is I just take it out and I put it in a five and a half gallon tank by itself. And usually within a couple days, they're just fine. Um, every now and then, if they don't start improving within a day or so, then I'll put some salt in there as well. And it'll stop the water flow system and I won't feed them so they don't get dirty in there. But there is no auto water change either. That way the salt content can stay up. And 
within a few days, they'll have recovered. So some of those fish that are coming from the wild that are used to hard water, they'll do fine in my water. But every now and then one will, for some reasons, undergo something stressful. Um, who knows what that could be? It could be a million different things. But if I separate them, they usually perk right up. And if that doesn't perk them up, a little salt will often help. So just helping them regulate their pressure and taking the osmotic regulation, I guess, and uh, taking away some of that stress seems to, seems to do the trick for them. But again, that's the, that's the wild fish. The F1 generation, the F2 generation, they're not having any problems. So I think Greg Sage said it takes, in his opinion, it takes three to four generations before a fish is really, really adjusted to its new conditions. And since he's bred a lot of wild, rare, hard to find fish from hard water, then, then I, I tend to take his, uh, his word for it. HC, for real, he re- renamed his channel Esquisky Vision. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right, HC. You got me. You got me. <laughs> okay. I guess he had to because no one could spell sashimi. So when they were looking for his channel, <laughs> yep. Dan from Lumby Dog, if you are going to claim the t-shirts are sexy, you need to get the new t-shirt model. Yeah, you need to get a new t-shirt model. I I think, Lumby Dog, that you are probably right on the money there. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, there is something about a balding man that's slightly overweight, though. I mean, come on. Priscilla, you can't even say Viola. (laughs) I always want to say Viola um, because my my daughter plays Viola or did at one time. So I always want to say that, but Viola. Okay. (laughs) Um, Lisa C., I did a surprise underwater test this week on a beams work light. Cool. Did you post a video, Lisa? So I assume underwater test means you're, do you have a uh, light meter that's down like a par meter under the water, something like that? Let me dog. Surprise test. Oh, you mean the beams work light fell into the water. I get it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little slow on the uptake. Ooh, I hope you're okay. Hope everything's okay. Um, <laughs> the cat climbing up there, knock it in or something like that. Ooh. Doug's Fish Adventure. My fish room is going to be put off. Oh, no. Not building a house. Looking for a house with a basement. Yes, but nothing on the market. I know. As soon as he goes on the market, it's sold the next day. Man, you must be in a... I wonder what area of the country you're in. That That's a... Seems like if you're a seller, now's the time. <laughs> but yeah, Doug, that's why we bought this house because this was the only one of the only houses we looked at where the basement was big enough that I could put a fish room in, and the ceiling was high enough that I could walk through here without hitting my head. There were other houses that had large basements, but they had they didn't have a, a lot of room upstairs. So in we would have had to have used the basement for bedrooms and things. So that's why we bought this house. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons. Um, man, 
that's too bad, Doug. But I hope you find something. I hope it, hope it, it, it happens. You can build your, your dream room. Priscilla, what type of salt? I just use, uh, I'll use table salt or I'll just use ice melt salt. In fact, I'm going to break a rule here and walk over there and there <laughs> and grab the bag and show you. So this will take five seconds. One, two, three, four. So I just use this cheap stuff. So it's just diamond crystal salt. It's uh, it's for ice melt on your driveway or, oh, let me put that down. Ice melt on your driveway or for water softening. The trick is just to make sure that it's actually um, <laughs> not not like a potassium salt or or something like that to make sure it's actually sodium chloride because some of the salts they sell aren't sodium chloride. They're other molecules. But that's what I use. I know that there's all kinds of things out there. Let's say you have to use aquarium salt, but that's pretty much aquarium salt right there. They say uh, you have to use non-iodized salt. That's actually not true. Um, there's such trace elements of iodine in the salt. It's such a tiny amount that it's actually beneficial to the fish, especially riff lake cichlids, which can get goiter if they don't have enough iodine in their, con in their um, diet or in their environment. Um, although I think they get most of it from their diet. But so... And also that you have to use like really pure salt. I haven't found that to be true. So I use this stuff. I use it to hatch brine shrimp. I use it anytime I need to medicate fish or help with stressed out fish, things like that. I don't add it regularly to the aquariums. I just do it when there's a problem. So um, unless I'm keeping like, so before I had the auto water change system, <clears throat> I would keep salt in the tanks, especially with killifish, especially with Nothobronchia species, because they tend to get uh, velvet a lot, the Nothobronchias, if they don't have salt in the water. So adding a little salt for some reason helps them with that. So I used to use it all the time in almost all of my aquariums, but with the auto water change system, I haven't used it in about a year or so, unless there's a, a need or to hatch brine trim. But yeah, I like that stuff. It's super cheap. It's like five bucks for 40 pounds. So that's why I use it. All right. Lisa C. Amazingly works fine. I'm pretty impressed. Oh, the, the, the beams work survived the underwater test, huh? That is good to know. Because <laughs> that's like the cheapest light you can get. So I'm glad it's still working. <laughs> I've done that too, though. I mean, I've knocked the light in, of course. Beams works and uh, aqua neats and all that stuff. There is a nerve wracking moment though, where it's like, you know, you have to be careful getting it out too. You got to unplug it first. Anyway, <laughs> that's cool, Lisa. I'm glad it worked. I'm glad it works. I'm glad no one got hurt or anything. Priscilla says one died two weeks later. The next one did all in two week periods, man. So Priscilla, if you have a spare tank that's just bare and maybe some plants or something, but like uh, it's clean and bare and you can use as a little hospital tank or a recovery tank. It might be worth, uh, if you have fish that are shimmying, it might be worth putting them in there. 
add in a little salt and see, see what happens. Hey, Steenfot, welcome. Viola. <laughs> yeah, did I say it wrong? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> How to get Bob Steenfot to stop lurking. <laughs> <laughs> Accuse him of not being able to say someone's name. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> as soon as I talk smack about Bobby shows up. Yep, that's the secret. That's how to summon the Bob. <laughs> you said it wrong too, Dan. Oh man, what did I say? I don't, I'll have to go back and listen to this. It's not viola. It's not viola. Viola. I said it, man, now I'm all, now I'm all, now I trip, nah, I won't be able to now. I got in my own way. I used to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Love you, dog. Welcome to the chat, Mr. Steenfot. Um, the other Bob, Bob Bielerkin. Yeah, both Bobs Bielerkin, apparently. <laughs> Viola, Viola. People call me V for short. Works for those who have problems. Yeah, it's viola, right? Viola or viola? Viola, viola. It must be V if people call you V for short. So viola, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know why I said it wrong? It's because Priscilla, you spelled V-O-I-L-A. So that's what got me all tripped up. All right, I'm going to blame it on you, Priscilla. Just for, yeah, that's the... <laughs> That's the easy way to do it. Blame Priscilla. <laughs> so Viola, glad you're here. Sorry about the name troubles. HC, okay, next time on Priscilla's live stream, we need to learn the correct pronunciation. Yep. Or, or Viola should do a live stream and she can set us all straight because I'm sure she knows. <laughs> Priscilla. I don't even speak English. I'm pronouncing everything wrong except for German things. <laughs> hey, JW, welcome. Glad you are here. Also, salt for making ice cream? Yeah, I assume that would work as long as it's, it's you know, um, sodium nitrate. is. Yeah, I'm sure that would work just fine. Rock salt, right? Yeah. HC Aqua, message retracted. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you getting in the trouble there, HC? <laughs> Hello, JW Aquariums. Welcome, says Lumpy Dog. Yes, we all agree. Welcome, JW. Thomas, what's up, guys? Hey, Thomas, I'm so glad you made it. Welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So, Thomas, if you had anything else breed since we last saw you, it seems like Thomas always has stuff spawning. So, uh, I had a, another group of Betarubra spawn, so that, that's my big news for the week. JW, getting some exotic fish for 700 subscribers. Can't wait. That is cool. That is cool. So what you getting, JW? And by the way, speaking of subscriber milestones and stuff like that, I don't have a subscriber milestone, but uh, between last live stream and this live stream, we broke 100,000 views. So it's like 100... 1,800 views or something like that right now. So it's happening slowly but surely. Viola, I lurk in the background watching you. Oh, it's because the shirt's sexy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Look at that. 
Look at that t-shirt. <laughs> if anything, if anything can make this look good, <laughs> it's this t-shirt. <laughs> There's a reason I wear black. It hides things and uh, it's just a safe bet. <laughs> All right. So JW, what you getting? We're excited about that. And congrats on 700 subscribers. Yeah, it takes a while. Slow but, slowly but surely, though. You know, one thing I like about the fish fam is I don't feel like uh, there's a lot of these hacks people try to do to grow. And YouTube's full of like, get 1 million subscribers in one week. You know, all these hacks and stuff. I feel like with this community, we just support each other and the growth kind of happens naturally. And, and I like that because that's steady. If you do the hacks, you might get a spike, but then none of those are true, I don't know, believers or whatever. Those aren't people that are going to come back and hang out, right? They might subscribe because there's something that made them do that, some kind of hack, but they probably won't ever watch again or they'll unsubscribe, things like that. So it's kind of that slow, steady thing. There's no trick to it. It's just keep putting out content, keep putting out content, be a good person and put out content. And I think, I think you'll gradually get, get up there. Not that I'm that high yet. I've got a long ways to go, but it's growing steadily, slowly, but surely, but steadily. And, um, yeah. All right. Everyone's saying hi to Thomas Priscilla. I'm like, 999 subs away from hitting 1K. <laughs> Getting closer to my dream. <laughs> day by day. Day by day. Godspell song. Um, Thomas, I got some new plecos this week. Watching them eat some mango. Cool. Peel. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I was like, I don't know. What's mango peep? Am I allowed to... Do I want to know what this is? <laughs> Mango peel. <laughs> oh, it's not V. It's Vi. Viola, like bye. Man, I've been saying viola the whole time, huh? Viola. Viola. Like violin. Viola. I got you, Viola. Well, now we know. Now we all know. It's Viola, like bye like violin. All right, Viola. Gotcha. Let me dog. Dan, do you plan on breeding some of the new Achilles? Yes. Yes. I plan on breeding them and sustaining them long-term. So that's, I think what I'm going to do. Um, I, so here's what's in the back of my mind. I've, and I'm not sure because things change all the time in my mind. It's a dynamic place, but I think the problem I've run into is, so I get a bunch of fish and I make the videos, but then I have so many that it takes a long time before I can get new fish. And so I think what I might do is after this order is I might stop importing. I don't know for sure though. This could change again. Probably see something that I get real excited about and I have to do an import order for. I'm sure it'll happen. But what I'm thinking is if I stop importing and I just buy, you know, a few pairs at a time, breed them up, then I can do more videos on more species. So I can kind of rotate fish through the fish room. Um, and that's kind of what I'm thinking of doing. So 
I think I'll probably, depending on how they do, some of the Killies I'll probably keep and I'll probably breed for several generations long term. Uh, again, it depends on kind of uh, how they do and things like that. But I, I don't know how much I'm going to continue importing because I hate getting stuck with, I mean, I like getting the same fish, but I feel like once I made videos of all the fish I have, then it takes a while for to sell enough that I can get more fish. And I don't actually make money selling the fish, honestly. It's, um, it's more a thing I do so I can get fish in and make videos and stuff. And so I might be doing that a different way. So yeah, right now the plan is to keep at least some of the killies long-term and breed them. Yep. JW, and even the ones I don't breed long-term, I'll, I'll try to breed most of those fish. Probably not the tetras and probably not the ghost cats, but I'll probably try to breed the cichlids and the killifish. Got a clown knife. Ooh, that's commitment. That's commitment. Getting a red-tailed catfish and a tiger shovel nose. All right, so you're a monster fish guy. Let me dog, viola. I did it again. Viola, it's vi, like by viola, is the exclamation meaning there is that you are, or ta-da, yep, that's why magicians use it, right? Doug, you have your fans, yep, yep, and and they'll, your fans will be there for you long-term. The hacks just, uh, they're not there long-term. Priscilla, somebody's tripping, probably me, nope, I can't say Fluval's tripping, because because that's a cram co-ops thing, but we all know who's tripping. It ain't you, Priscilla. It's a fish filter and light company. <laughs> if you don't know who it is, tune into Aquarium Co-op. <laughs> Thomas, no new breeds, but I did some housekeeping things. I've got a strain of rose-colored ramhorn snails. They're pretty cool. Burgundy shells, pink bodies. Oh, that does sound cool. The other Bob, puffers are tripping. <laughs> Especially under that new light, right, Bob? Grassy Peak. Hey, Grassy Peak checking in. Female rainbows looking good. Thanks again. Glad to hear it. Hopefully in, in a couple months, there's still female rainbows and not males. <laughs> Kristen. Pronounce. Voila. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Voila. Yep, that's the magician. HC, got to run. Thanks for the great stream, Dan. You're welcome, HC. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the unboxing video. Um, and yeah, glad all the fish made it. Viola. Do a great new fish for fish you have bred for a while to get new genetics. Oh, do you get new fish? Bob, no way. Oh, thanks, Bob. I wasn't asking for that, but that's awesome. So I got to jump to the super chat because that's like the rule, right? So the other Bob says, you shouldn't lose money to make us vids. Just saying. And he gave me a $20 super chat. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Appreciate that a lot. Um, so what was I saying? Do you get new fish for fish you have bred for a while to get new genetics? Um, I haven't done that in a while, Viola, but I used to keep lots of strains of killifish and I'd often keep them long-term. And when I was doing that, then yes, for sure. I would switch out and uh, so I get new genetics. Now, 
one of the reasons I'm getting this order is because one of the fish in it is Aphiosimin australi, which I feel like we could use some new blood in, in the hobby. So there's some aquarium strains of Aphiosimin australi in the hobby that I feel like could, could, could use some strengthening. So hopefully some people will be able to strengthen those lines with these wild fish. And then the wild fish themselves will be location specific. So we'll be able to keep them as their own strain as well. The issue with killifish keepers, and I've got a whole like talk on this that I plan on doing at some point, but here's one of the issues with killifish keepers and with, um, oh no, am I buffering? Okay, I think we're okay. And with fish keeping in general is we keep these small populations because what, what's fun is like, oh, try this fish. Oh, try this fish. Oh, try this fish. And so we get a fish, we spawn it, and then we move on to the next fish. There's nothing wrong with that. But from a conservation standpoint, the issue with that is that it doesn't, it doesn't promote like long-term breeding. So there's people that, you know, started with two killifish because you usually get a pair in this hot, in the killifish hobby. And they've been breeding that strain for years. And it's like, man, we got to get some new blood in those. And so genetic diversity is a real issue, I feel, in the killifish hobby. Because we're trying to keep each location and each strain separate so they stay pure. But then we don't keep a critical mass of fish to where we keep the genetic diversity, at least not in personal collections. So one of the things that they're doing to combat that is there's these, uh, a group within, it's, it's a conservation effort within the American Killifish Association where they keep track of who has what fish so that hopefully you can keep exchanging among fellow hobbyists and keep the genetic pool diverse. Um, those efforts are, are laudable. It's hard to get people to buy in long-term though. That's kind of like what the, the CARES, um, fish effort is in general. So I'm as, I don't want to say guilty because there's nothing wrong with keeping a fish and then enjoying it, making a video or informing people about it and moving on. That's, there's nothing wrong with that by any means, but, um, but it, but it does impact the genetic diversity. And for commercially bred fish, it's not as big a deal because they tend to have, you know, massive ponds with a lot of fish in them. Although there are a lot of commercially bred strains that that could use some new genetics for sure but in the hobby it's uh yeah it can be a it can be an issue when you don't have enough genetic diversity um let's see here priscilla says not looking forward to trimming the amazon beaks oh no no Oh, wait, Lumpy Dog, thanks, but it might be a lost cause. So, but Viola doesn't pronounce her name Wala, does she? Is that, is that how you pronounce it? I thought it was, I thought it was Viola. If it's Wala, let me know and I'll Wala my way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I've been wrong this whole time, even when I thought I was right. <laughs> um, Lumpy Dog says, thank you to Bob Clater. Yeah, Clater. Kaler. I did it again. That's another name I'm working my way 
back from saying wrong for months. <laughs> yes, Bob, thanks again. Grassy Peak, love the format. Instant reply, can't beat that. Yep. Um, all right. The other Bob, do you use clove oil and follow that process? These guys aren't near that point yet. Hope is just an annual event. Oh, wait, did I miss something? Is someone trying to euthanize a fish? Oh, okay. I see. For the puffer beaks. Good. <laughs> that's that's a little better. Um, for anyone that is looking at doing a, a procedure on a fish where they have to put the fish out for a little bit, the fish vet on YouTube is an actual fish vet. This is his job. He's a certified vet. He has a video on how he does that. So that might be worth checking out. Just saying. Janet. Hi, Dan. Checked for you at 8 o'clock. YouTube said you wouldn't be on for an hour. Oh, man. Fiddle gibbets. <laughs> yes, fiddle gibbets. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, glad you're here now. Priscilla, the other Bob. Yes, planning on clove oil when the time comes. Everyone that does it has used that method. Cool. Thomas, Neon Tetras a few years ago are a good example of what can happen if a population has a bottlenecked genetics. Yep. Rams, a lot of the guppy strains, although they tend to kick back from it pretty well. Um, there's a lot of fish where that's become an issue. Now I don't know how to say it. Viola? Yeah, so it is Viola. No, I, no, no, don't, don't change your name. It's fun figuring it out. <laughs> Janet is saying hi to Lumpy Dog. Um, how about Walla Hops, <laughs> says Lumpy Dog. Thomas, um, Dan, do you ever trim angel's fins? I haven't. I'm not. So the only reason I personally would trim a fish's fins is if doing so would better their life. So I don't trim fins for aesthetic purposes or anything like that. And I've yet to encounter a fin deformity in an angel. Whereas like, I don't know if it went over and then curved. And so it had like a sail pocket. So it prevented them from swimming or something like that. Um, then I would totally do it. But I don't do it for aesthetic reasons. Um, I don't, I'm not telling anyone that they shouldn't. It's just, I personally, if a fish's fins aren't perfect, I just feel like that adds more character to that fish. So I haven't had to do that. I haven't had to do it on bettas either. That's, that's one fish where it's, it gets to the point sometimes where you might have to just because the fin could get so long that the fish could have trouble swimming. So I've never trimmed a, a fish's fins because I've never run into the situation where a fish was suffering due to its finnage and trimming it would help. Yeah. Um, viola. Wish I played basketball. Yep. <laughs> Hops and that. Priscilla, I got a male with a bend in the dorsal. Thought about it, but probably won't. Well, it's totally up to you. Um, but that's, that's my test is if, if it would better the fish's life, then I would go ahead and do it. Viola, need to go. Good night. 
need to take a rain. <laughs> I need to take a shower. Cool. All right. Well, actually, I think we'll all probably go. It's 8.15. Everyone, thank you so much. Bob, Kaler, thanks so much for the super chat. Um, I appreciate that. And congratulations to Priscilla for winning dun, 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 the, dare I say, sexy Dan's Fish t-shirt. Uh, so Priscilla, email me your address where I'll ship it to. And if you want a white one or a black t-shirt and what size you want, and we'll take care of that. Anyway, everyone, thanks again for coming on another Wednesday. I appreciate you all. Hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you seven o'clock mountain time next Wednesday.